I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Gloss, the celebrity and pop culture podcast and conversations you have with your best friends. You're joined by your host, Belle Crawford and Anna Scarborough-Rawson. How are you, Anna? How was your week? Just dandy, thank you. How are you? Yeah, really dandy, actually. Yeah, super yeah. dandy. Yeah, what's been going on? Come on, tell us the truth. <laughs> no, it's been, it's been a good week. My brain has just like got a million tabs open at the moment. We're off to Raro in the morning, which is very exciting for anyone that's packed for an entire family. Um, it can be quite stressful. Like I've just got a running note of going on my phone of all the things I've forgotten already. So no, it's good. And Freddie is so excited. He's, He's your four year old. Four year old. Yeah, he was trying to help me pack yesterday. Um, he really likes to ha- help. He's not very helpful. Like he just stresses me out so much. But I think that's like an ADHD thing. Um, and then I got him to do something and he ran away and he comes back. He's like, I did it, mum. I was like, oh, thank you so Aww. much. And he's like, happy to help. <laughs> <laughs> he's so funny like that. He's so excited because he was telling Jagger like a few weeks ago. When I was a baby, Jag Jag, we used to go on airplanes and go on holiday. He's very excited because Jagger's never been overseas. He's a lockdown baby. So yeah. your big boy and my little Boy, had birthdays in the yes, weekend. Yes, the 5th of June, they share yeah, a birthday. Yeah, good birthday. Yeah. I always forget Jagger's birthday. It's the one person in our family I always forget. Like, I always get it wrong. I thought it was Saturday, and then I was about to make the cake, and everyone's like, it's Sunday. Can I confess something as well? Like, I know I've only been with my boyfriend, well, over a year. I'm the same. I'm like, is it the 6th? It's the 5th. But obviously, you get far into a relationship, and then if you say something, like, they'll know. But now I know it's the 5th for sure. You put it in your phone. <laughs> I've got all this. No, I've got reminders, but it's like Uh, you don't want to forget someone's birthday when they've made, you know, when they're so good with all your stuff. Well, I took had to take Jagger to Starship, and when you get to the front desk, they ask for the name and date of birth, and I was like Jagger Rawson, um, tenth of June. 2020 and the lady there spent like five ten minutes she's just looking so puzzled and she could see that like I was a bit stressed and Jagger was unwell and then she's like um could his birthday be the 5th of June we have a Jagger Rawson with the 5th of June at your address but not the 10th I was like oh my yes that's his birthday I'm so sorry I'm sure she thought I was crazy you guys did some nice things over the weekend for his birthday yeah he's got croup again so oh. that was a bit annoying but um he loved it he he's like first year that he's kind of like knowing what's going on and the presents, his cousins were trying to help him open it and he was just like, mine, he was losing his shit when they were trying to play <laughs> with his presents and like even this morning, our babysitter texts me and she's um, saying how obsessed he is with his presents because she gave him a little car and Freddie tried to take it off him and he like threw the remote at him or something like that. He's just like, everything's so territorial at that mind stage, everything's mine, mine, mine and they do have their like little UFC 
fights, like fight <laughs> out to the death. Jagger is the, he's the brute. Like he will sit on Freddie's head, beat him into submission kind of oh. thing. But he's pretty rough. I'm like, sometimes birthdays of your babies can be a little bit sad. Like mums are always, you know, oh, my babies too. But I'm, I'm like hyper aware that these milestones are like my last as well. I don't think a lot of people know that things are your last until until it's passed and it's later on, but I'm very much so aware that these milestones are my last when they're happening. So a little bit sad, like these yeah. birthdays. Yeah, for context, and we've touched on it, I think, on maybe some of the episodes, and we will over time, but Anna, you had a hysterectomy last year after. Mm, end of last year, like yeah. Jagger, maybe just after his, oh, he just turned one. Yeah, maybe not, like, probably, you don't really process those things at the time. Well, you don't think about it until mm. you're in that situation, right? And well, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had to I had to be signed off for like context because I was 29 when I had it. Um, the surgeons got to go to a board of other surgeons and like get it signed off because you can't just say at that age, I I want everything taken out. But it's probably now later on. I'm just like, oh shit, I can't get a bit back in, can I? Like, Aww. it was useless. It needed to be gone. Like, it was absolutely served its purpose. But my husband and I joke about it all the time. Like, I, we were, I was packing for Raro last night and saying you know it's it's really hard like my body has fluctuated and changed so much in the last four years and he's like yeah it's pretty hard being a um, baby making machine and I was like oh yeah it closed down for good now and he's like burnt down to the ground <laughs> so we can laugh about it it's yeah. fine you um you did some exciting packing in the weekend didn't you you were yeah. packing up your house what's going on there we didn't mention on last week's podcast but we've been in the process of looking for a place my boyfriend and I together getting our own place and we've got one and it's all you know how it happens quite quickly yeah. and so we're packing and we're moving and it's very exciting it's very quick too not quick like moving in but yeah. you're saying you get the place next week yeah well like we started looking and we thought it would take a lot longer mm. and Anna you and I we are very thorough and we are very able to hyper fixate and I just went like I think he He's just like, whoa, like when I'm like, okay, cool, sweet, I've got the da, 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 list lined up, yeah. everything's sorted, already got the um the power and the gas and the, everything's all set to go when we move in and it's yeah, really so exciting. Yeah, so we take it over from then, so obviously like there may be a slight crossover and everything. I'm but, really yeah. excited, yeah, like it's at the same time it's like, I don't know, I've set up a really nice space where I live and I've been here three years now and it is with other people, which has been cool. But, um, you know, I've set up a beautiful room and studio for myself and it's been a special time. You know, when I moved in here, I had some pretty horrible stuff happen at work and and just building up the self-love club really on my, uh, like from there was, yeah. it's like, I'm really proud of myself. And so a lot of memories and it's like leaving that part of your life behind. I guess it happens to everyone when you, yeah. it's like you move out Leaving a single. Moving out of the flat. And I yeah. remember saying to mum last year, I was like, as a throwaway, I was like, well, I don't know if I want to leave that behind, even though I know I want yeah, you know the life and the children and everything. It's just like, oh, like I just guess you have to move on in life, and that's just how it is. And you can have the memes, you know. It's okay to mourn things. I yeah, think. like <laughs> I mourn, I mourn my past life all the time. I'm Usually in the middle of the night when my kids won't sleep, I'm just <laughs> like ah, those were the days, but. It's very really, exciting. Yeah, it is. It's super exciting. I'm really excited New about it. New area too. I know. I never thought, I won't say where, obviously, for safety reasons, but I am very, you know, daughter of a cop over here, very mm. um careful. But I never thought I would leave if you were no Auckland. I've lived on the shore the whole time I've lived in Auckland, which yeah. has been over six years. I never thought I would leave the shore, and I'm leaving the shore. I'm I just excited. Feel, I feel ready. I'm just like, you know, I looked around where I want to live and I just had, again, it's that kind of like intuitive gut feeling about it. And then yeah. when we looked and what we were after and 
And obviously I'll be closer to you. Welcome to my side of the bridge. Yeah, so it's going to be really cool, yeah. No, I'm really excited. It's just a lot to do at once when I already said, hey, I'm cool, that's good to, that we can move. But at the moment I've just launched a new podcast. I'm working on it with a breakfast show, which is, you know, pretty busy as well. Uh, I've also been uh, having a few meltdowns and <laughs> stressed. And then, uh, also, we're going to Melbourne. We've got a bunch of other things, work things coming up. But then, when is a good time? So, it's just added that to me. Where well, you must be quite confused. It's like, you said one thing, now we've done the complete no, no, opposite. No. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe. No, I did What's tell him at the time because he was probably more keen to move than me. And I was just like, can you just give me a bit of time? And oh, yeah, he was. He just wasn't loving it. Do you reckon on the flip side, he's like having these moments, kind of thinking about mourning his. I don't know. I, I don't I hope not. No. <laughs> it's okay for me to be thinking them, but they can't. No, it's not about missing being single. It's just like, it's just those milestones in life yeah, that yeah. none of us really, and that's why I always really love the books that people like Dolly Alderton and those kinds of authors write about because they, and there's TV shows that would touch on that. It's those, it's, those, it's just a transition in like, your life. Yeah. yeah. And then you're like living vicariously through other people. But then also, like, I'm so excited for so many aspects of that. Yeah. Oh, my God. No, I reckon it's scary before it happens. And then once it's happened, you're just like, wow, like, so glad yeah. that it's happened. And we'll have a little podcast studio to yeah. record in. I'm so cool. Drop so my excited. kids off. Just leave them there. <laughs> Bye. We're going to Auntie Bell. See you later. See you later. <laughs> I'm off to, I'm off to the, probably have a drink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so over the weekend with his birthday, we I tried to make it nice. I planned some nice things. And look, we're honest around here. I even mentioned it briefly because I can't not be honest on our radio show uh, this morning. I said, look, I tried to make his birthday nice. We're moving. We're a bit stressed. We was fighting a little bit. Yeah, it's and normal. everything's okay, but it's just like, I'm sorry, I tried to make your birthday nice, but like, we just end up fighting. It's just like, because it's this day. It's like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. I remember like when I was a kid though, and it was my birthday and like mum and everyone had to just be so nice to us. And then if mum told us off, like, you can't tell me off. It's my birthday. Like, <laughs> So yeah, we did do some nice things, but we didn't go to dinner that night because we'd kind of had a big day of it. And so I was like, I'm so sorry. And then he was like, it's okay. Like we'll just, yeah, we just made a plan B, but we'll go out for like a nice situation. We've got Melbourne coming up. So yeah, yeah I don't know. I just, it's that people please the stuff in us. I'm like, I want to make it special. Like, and then when it doesn't work out that way, even though it's not your fault, it's not like I was just having a big old, it just was happening and we just had stress. And so, yeah, anyway. <laughs> Real life. <laughs> Real life, look, I'm all about, you know, I'm going through some personal and professional growth and it's we don't we can share these things. It doesn't mean there's anything super wrong. We don't have to be so protective and defensive about everything. Like, we all fight and it's not like it was, it's just stress. Like, we're all going through a lot of stress. We'll just get back on track, but it'll be okay. Ask me next podcast when I come back from Rara. There will probably be quite a few <laughs> stories about Tom and I fighting at the airport. Yeah. Whose turn it is to get up with the kids. Yeah. On the show, we discussed the icky feeling we got at the end of the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. And as another season of Love Island UK kicks off, we delve into the world of fast fashion and what actually happened to Misguided. And would you stop taking pictures of yourself? Your sister's going to jail. First up, we want to discuss the icky feeling we both got after the verdict and the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. Now to summarise, of course, Johnny uh, started a defamation lawsuit against Amber Heard. He originally sued for $50 million and the jury unanimously found that Amber could not substantiate her allegations. 
the jury awarded Johnny Depp $10 million in damages and $5 million in punitive damages. And also Amber, she did get some damages as well. The jury awarded her $2 million in damages, but zero in punitive damages. It gets a bit confusing, but essentially... Johnny was the big winner in this situation. And we wanted to talk about the icky feeling we both mm. got at the end of this viral trial, which we did cover in depth on the first episode of Gloss. The um, judge also reduced the punitive damages that Amber had to pay to Johnny, I think down to 350000 American. Where do you start? It's such a mess. It's been so misleading in the headlines too. Everyone's saying, you know, Johnny Depp not guilty is actually not the case like they were both found to be guilty of defamation so they both had to to pay each other stuff or I think hers gets cancelled out by what she owes him it's been really misleading a lot of people saying that he's not an abuser but that was really not what this trial was about and everyone seems to have forgotten that like that was settled in a UK trial which people seem to have forgotten about which really interesting the totally different outcomes. We'll get to that next but essentially the icky feeling is around the fact that it focused on defamation but just like I don't know I had this gut reaction where it's like okay so it's all about defamation but they just then ignoring the whole domestic abuse like it just felt mm. it just felt really awful and I just I don't know I think everyone was missing the point and there was obviously deeper issues at hand which we wanted to cover off yeah. today. Well um, the bar for defamation in the US is supposed to be really high, a lot harder to prove than in the UK so that's why quite a lot of people were really surprised with the outcome of this. This trial was not supposed to be about whether or not Depp abused her, that was already legally settled as we said but this trial was supposed to be about whether her defamed Depp by coming forward as a victim of abuse publicly. So the threshold for defamation is that you've got to prove that something was said with actual malice which is basically like knowingly making a false statement with reckless regard for the truth pretty much if you take the two issues like the abuse and the defamation which gets so muddied if you can like separate them too so take the abuse out of it so the jury had to decide which of the statements that each of them had made were tainted with lies and which of those lies had negatively impacted their careers. So it would have been a really hard case to be a jury on. No, the jury was out for three days, and in that three days they came back to the judge and asked for clarification on a few issues. So obviously it wasn't clear-cut. I mean, when you think about all the statements that they had to pull apart and they had questions that they had to be able to answer to figure out whether they had defamed, lied knowingly to basically negatively affect that person in their career in the public and also the money huge amounts of money 50 million dollars 100 million dollars yeah. how they came up with their money the money that was awarded to each person one of the things that blows my mind is that the jury wasn't sequestered that's basically when a jury is held in a hotel room or isolated for the duration of the trial so they're not able to get influenced by outside world this jury were allowed to go home at the end of every day talk to their family go on social media I mean you know they would have been you're told, not supposed to. You're don't told you're not do that to, yeah. but you've got you can't how could you avoid, all you had to do was go on your phone for like two minutes and see an amateur hashtag or justice for Johnny Depp or something like that. Televised trial is not a fair trial and that's one of the main differences between this trial and the UK trial. One difference is that UK trial was just a judge, US trial, jury, UK trial not televised, US trial televised. Mm. So, so unfair 
Yeah, and that was something that came out after the verdict and people started looking at and comparing, and which we're doing a bit of now. So in 2020, for context, Johnny Depp lost a libel lawsuit in the UK against the Sun newspaper, which I found this quite interesting that his team chose not to sue the Washington Post, who actually published mm. the op-ed. She didn't name Johnny in the op-ed. She said that she had, you know, was a survivor of domestic abuse. So maybe learning from what had happened with The Sun in the UK, going up against a huge media corporation like the Washington Post, you're going to lose, even if you are Johnny Depp with, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. That brings into a whole other issue of the fact that they were, a, well, he knew that she wouldn't be able to afford it, so they went after her instead of the people that published it. The whole thing was so hugely out of balance with the power to begin with. Like, he had so many more resources than she did. And this is not about taking sides. We are, obviously, we cannot cover every ins and outs of this trial, nor do we want to at this stage. It's just we want to move on with our lives. But I think it's the greater issues at hand here. And, you know, I was noticing people being like, go, Johnny, you can like an actor, but, like, it just made me feel like, oh, is this icky, you know? Like, why are we saying go, Johnny, and then saying horrible things about a woman? And it's like, whether someone's, you know, innocent or guilty, like, there's just no need to pile on like that. But, of course... People do it to women more and just like she's just this villain. One of the outcomes of this um, that will be really interesting, not interesting, is like scary, concerning, is the Me Too backlash. And from young women too, like did not expect a Me Too backlash from young women. Post Me Too movement, there are just so many people who are so pissed off and angry about all these women that have come through standing up for things that have happened to them. Amber Heard's just been like a punching bag for all their aggression. There's a quote from the New Yorker I found which summed it up pretty well. It says, The Johnny Depp Amber Heard verdict is chilling. Many victims of domestic violence who watch this trial will likely conclude that if they share their experiences, they will be disbelieved, shamed and ostracised, which happened to Amber. And taking it... All the opinions, what happened, she said, he said. Just looking at the greater issue here, what that means for society and what that means for victims, seeing what they saw for six weeks on TV, on every streaming platform, TikTok after TikTok, I just couldn't get away from it. An article I read in um, the Rolling Stones interviewed a domestic violence advocate. They said already hundreds of survivors have retracted their victim impact statements or no longer want to testify against their abuser as a direct result of this trial and seeing how Amber's been portrayed. You have to be the perfect victim and there is no perfect victim. You get torn apart. Everything you say gets twisted around. Like another thing that just I cannot get over. It's just wild to me. Every victim of domestic or sexual abuse has to weigh out the possibility that if they go public with their own story, they could also end up being bankrupted by their abuser. Blows my mind. And it's going to be really interesting to watch what happens because already like in March Marilyn Manson filed a defamation lawsuit against against Evan Rachel Woods who he used to be married to and Depp and Manson are really good friends so no doubt he's been watching this and who's to say that other really powerful wealthy men are not going to do the same to women that come out against them if you take the financial part of it into consideration Harvey Weinstein if any of those girls really young girls who he would quite often use money as a way of sort of controlling them or giving them jobs. If any of them came forward with their claims, he would ruin them. Like he had have so many more resources, so wealthy, they would not stand 
a chance he could go after them for something like defamation and if it's about your resources and your stature what is that to say for future cases like who's going to come out of the woodworks now yeah it just highlights and I think that is the ickiness we got it highlights this it's awful situation for all involved but this power and there's like you know there's a misbalance of power and it just comes back to that patriarchal thing as well where Woman in this situation. I know there's a crime podcast that's very different we listened to and then it had a TV series. Was it something about Betty? Like she, her husband, you know, he wanted to divorce her and he was completely ruining her. Yeah, you it was know, based she, on a true story. Yeah. She was, they'd been together for such a long time and she'd given up her life to raise their kids and be a supportive wife. Put him through law school. Yeah, and he became very successful, very powerful. Um, but he was just gaslighting her and... Yeah, she she had a few issues, but ended up killing him, him and his new wife. Mm. But when you play out, look back and play out um, like the podcast and watching the TV series, you actually sympathise a lot with her, which is crazy. Yeah, it's called the Betty Broderick Murders, and yes. you can listen to the podcast. We listen to it because we're little crime podcast nerds, and then it's watch so it. So good, yeah, it is really good, and it made it sort of highlighted that same thing. And we're not saying that her, you know, it's again, it's taking those things out of hand. Like you know, she shouldn't have done what she did, but you can man. see how she got there. And I felt sorry for her because you know he would stop her getting lawyers. He would control everything. Everything, yeah. That he was able to essentially ruin her life, and that he would always win. And it's just that's the icky feeling you get is that people just don't want other people to have rights, and it's just gross. I just feel like we have taken such a huge step back. I think for quite a while people were afraid to question anyone that came out with any claims because of the whole Me Too movement. Then this came out and it's like everyone's just used that as an excuse to question anyone that's coming out as a victim, a survivor of any sort of abuse. I found this written on social media the other day and it says, irrespective of the trial's outcome, Heard has already lost. She is not a survivor. She's not even a perpetrator. She's a meme now. The fact that our cultures take away from a widely publicized domestic abuse trial is humor. I have now encountered sketches, musical and dance videos, you know, hashtags of me poo in an abuse trial. Is Heard faking it? Does she have to strategically cry in front of the cameras is Depp enjoying it does he find it hilarious are her lawyers incompetent is he awesome I can't help but find it tragic and horrifying that thousands upon thousands of people are actively choosing to watch a domestic abuse trial whether live or as packaged content among the billions of hours of content available to them every day this is entertainment to us. And of course, people are nosy. It's like, you know, it's a big Hollywood star. It's a big story. People are interested in this. There is public interest here. But isn't it really interesting how some people, not all, like I'm, I'm pretty sure a lot of us aren't, you know, going on and trolling and writing awful comments and, you know, mm -hmm. going like, go Johnny. But I was surprised to see a couple of my own friends, people I have on my social media posting things about Go Johnny. It just, I don't know, like, do yeah. we have to pick a side? This is a domestic abuse trial and it's like, it's awful. You never know who's watching those things and you never know who's going through what in their personal lives. So I just really feel for people, you know, that especially maybe don't have a lot of money, don't have a lot of resources to them, they aren't a celebrity that are going through abusive situation it's interesting what we can and cannot ignore when it comes to celebrities so like obviously you know when they do something shocking we are like wow that's horrible they did that in this situation it highlighted the fact that johnny did some awful things 
and people are like forgetting that almost yeah. and just because they want someone else, they've got someone else to hate. It's just really strange. In this text I've been reading, it said, by the laws of entertainment, we need a hero and a villain. Because Hurd's an imperfect victim, she's a perfect villain. And because Depp has always played the hero, he knows how to act as one too. What is a perfect victim? And mm. that's when you go to trial, you come before, they pull apart everything about you. Mm. You're on trial. Still to come, Love Island UK has started this week with a new partner moving away from fast fashion, which leads us on to some of Anna's sleuthing. What actually happened to fast fashion giant Misguided? But first, we're an independent podcast and there are some easy ways you can support us. Make sure you subscribe on your podcast app. We are on all of them. You can hit follow on Apple or Spotify. Select automatic downloads so new episodes drop in your feed as soon as they're live. Make sure you leave us a five-star rating. And if you're enjoying listening, writing us a kind review and make sure you share the links with your friends your sisters anyone you think would enjoy listening to our podcast you can follow us at gloss the podcast on instagram for more of our content and videos rolling out this i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs linkedin has professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wake. The latest season of Love Island UK has started this week and in New Zealand you can watch it on Neon and for the eighth season it's hosted by Laura Whitmore. They are ditching previous fast fashion labels for pre-love clothing with a partnership with eBay which a step away from fast fashion, I'm trying not to be cynical about this working in the media industry and I know how partnerships and things work. Are they really doing it for genuine environmental concerns or was it a big commercial deal that came through? They're like, eBay wants to do some stuff, let's charge them all this money. Your thoughts on it? I'm a cynic too, but I'm <laughs> here for it. Um, it's quite cool though that they're going to provide them with a wardrobe of secondhand clothes, which has been picked for them by a celebrity stylist. And then they've said they're going to mix them with some high street brands like uh, Gucci, Prada, Dior, Versace encourage them to re-wear things you know previously an islander will wear something and on that website it'll be sold out within minutes ebay is going to do like a similar items that will come up and encourage you to I find something that way. So contestants will be allowed to wear their own clothes, as Anna said, but the usual dress-up nights where they would have been wearing outfits from the likes of Misguided, Boohoo, and then viewers could then buy the product. So it was a huge like commercial integration thing where you could buy Psycho. what they were wearing and it was a huge money-making, you know, like as seen on TV has been a thing that people had been doing with network shows for a long time. It's a very smart buy-in, but I guess there is this chat more about fast fashion and the impact it's having. So Love Island's executive producer, Mike Spencer, has said the change reflects a desire to, and I quote, be more eco-friendly production with more focus on ways in which we can visibly show this on screen. And yeah, so it sounds like it could be pretty cool. I'm, I'm, he I'm here for it. I'm here for it. He also said something about... um the show walking towards being a more eco-friendly production. Are they going to use like biodegradable condoms that they supply the <gasps> islanders with? I the mean, the, the drink bottles, the plastic drink bottles. Drink bottles. The plastic drink bottles are going to be glass. 
If they're That's really dangerous around pools. Again, we're not like trying to like ruin the vibe, but you know, if they're no, gonna I am be real, <laughs> if they're going to be eco warriors, they wouldn't fly them all to Mallorca. And, you know, fly people in and out all the time. That's like fossil fuels, climate change. And it's a bigger and better villa, apparently. The bedroom's bigger than Oh, I am so for it being in Mallorca. Like, it's just way better. It's just sunny. You know, in different production, but the Australian ones, it just doesn't look the same when they don't do it there. I think it's a really cool concept. It'll be interesting to see how it it goes. It's the first reality show to do something like that. I think it's a huge deal for eBay because eBay's a bit, like, a bit gluggy and hard to use and it's... Bit of a rabbit warren. I am interested to see though if next year they go back to a fast fashion brand. It's like, oh, well, the eBay sponsorship ended. Back we go to something yeah. else. Which brings us on to what really happened to fast fashion brand Misguided. And Anna, you've been sleuthing. What have you found? Yeah, well, um, Manchester-based fast fashion e-commerce retailer Misguided collapsed into administration early last week. It all happened pretty fast. The first notes they made were when it went into administration. And then by the end of the week, a couple of days later, it had been saved and bought and everything had to be changed. It was just a really fast developing deal, really. Um, side note, did you know Oriton and Marks went into administration in 2017? Roberto Cavalli in 2019? Diesel also 2019? Alice McCall? Sea Foley went in into administration in 2020. The, what was different about this, though, was we have never seen such a huge online fast fashion retailer go into administration. So it's really been interesting to watch because it's the first time it's happened. They employed over 330 people and third-party administrators were brought in to sell off the business and its assets. There are reportedly hundreds of suppliers that haven't been paid and will probably never get paid. They're trying to sort out what they can do to recoup some of the costs. What was interesting about this is that while it was put into administration, the company was still up and running as usual. So you could still go online and buy their clothes. So there'd be a lot of people waiting for orders that will probably never come. Because if you go online, reviews, people for a couple of months have not been receiving their orders so what actually happened like what do you think went down well you've obviously found what's yeah, happened they got a bit of a checkered pass by the end of last week Fraser's group had bought misguided for 20 million pounds which is almost 39 million dollars NZ if you're like me you hadn't heard of Fraser's group they own 18 Montrose Evans Cycles Flannels Fraser's Game House of Fraser Jack Willis Sofa.com USC and Sports Direct I still have not heard of any of those Sports, Sports Direct massive. is massive yeah. yeah so 87 staff have been made redundant already and 147 are expected to move to Fraser's group so misguided they've been one of the biggest fast fashion retailers for a while now if you haven't bought something from misguided you've no doubt heard of it or seen their ads pop up in 2019 alone it had a turnover of approximately 215 million pounds that's crazy crazy right a lot of money it's a lot of little uh, bodycon dresses it is it all sounds pretty impressive right Uh, but actually when you look a little bit more closely at its success, it's based off a highly unethical business model. They release up to a thousand new products every week. Yeah. It's bananas. It's too much. Like who yeah, that's just that's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. They have a very poor rating on Good On You, which is an Australian fashion ethics watchdog. Their labour practices are not kosher either. Well that stuff's pretty bad, but the intellectual copyright side of it is a bit of a mere. They're notorious for banging out 
an identical outfit to a celeb. That's fast fashion though, really, isn't it? Like you see, mm. you know, I, I even, even bought a bag from Princess Polly that's a blatant knockoff of a Balenciaga bag that I really want, but I don't want to spend $4,000, $5,000 on it. Yeah. Like uh, fashion does that. You go to Zara, they're all doing it, but it must just be, it's just part of that. It's part of the model, isn't it? You just rip off things that are big and trending and, and put your own, maybe your own spit on it, maybe not so much, just maybe completely <laughs> copy it. Well, I mean, they all take a photo of a celebrity and then a couple of days later have literally got the exact same thing on their website and it's caught them in a bit of trouble. In 2019, they had to pay Kim Kardashian £2.1 million for damages because they used her image and her name without permission. And maybe they've been able to have this flippant disregard for copyright because they've been able to afford to pay the fines due to celebrity and influencer endorsements and collaborations with people like Sophia Ritchie has been a really huge one that they've done collaborations with. Uh, Nicole Scherzinger from Pussycat Dolls, <laughs> Pam Anderson, Amber Rose, British supermodel Jordan Dunn, Tash Oakley and Devin Brugman of A Bikini A Day. They did designed a bikini collab with them in 2016. Also done brand collaborations with Ed Hardy and Playboy for a bit of a throwback. Yeah, so these things just really catapulted their popularity. And they've also done some pretty clever marketing ploys like a dollar bikinis, which shows you just how cheaply they can make these garments for if they're selling them online for a dollar. On the flip side of this though more and more consumers have been growing concerned with the environmental impact of fast fashion. The textile waste that sits in landfills for decades is too much for my brain to quite comprehend that on top of the unethical ways their products are made the poor pay workers receive and often the bad working conditions have put a lot of people off buying fast fashion. This is ASOS but a recent report found that 89% of their sustainable claims were cases of greenwashing. Yet the brand hopes to be net zero carbon emissions by 2030. I'll be waited with bated breath. <laughs> it will be interesting to see if this is going to see the end of other similar fast fashion brands. Were they just the unlucky ones or do you think this will start happening if similar have, you know, others have your pretty little things, your Princess Polly, if they are boohoo, if they all have similar practices perhaps. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, obviously there's some dodgy practices going down, but essentially what you've some it's fast fashion. Like, is that is it seeing the, not the end of it, because, I mean, people keep buying it. There's a huge consumer demand for it. The official statement they're blaming chain supply issues and oversaturation but in 2021 misguided was bailed out of bankruptcy by a group called Alteri Investors when they sought emergency funding and in exchange for that they had to give up 50% stake of their company. They got into hot water last year and they got saved and Boohoo have been trying to buy the company as well before they went into administration but they couldn't agree on a price. There were also talks with ASOS and JD Sports were negotiating to buy them out. In an official statement from Skyded, they seem to blame the collapse of supply chain issues and extremely challenging retail trading environment in the UK. If you think about the lockdowns though, who were the ones that were doing really well? People were buying a lot of yeah. clothes at home. Well, you know that dopamine hit to get to get clothes, to get something arrived. You now we're all living at home. Maybe you're wearing something more comfy. But I feel like in the past couple of years, we've all done a lot of shopping to make shopping. ourselves feel a lot better. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of people are hoping that the collapse may signify the shift and potential, potentially the demise of fast fashion. It doesn't seem likely. I don't think the fact that misguided was snapped up in a matter of days and had a number of legitimate buyers competing to be the heroes who saved misguided shows us how the industry leaders feel about the situation. It seems to be 
thought by industry leaders that this is more likely a shift to the market becoming capitalised by two main players, Boohoo and Sheen. So I don't think it's going anywhere. It'll be interesting to see what happens with um, Fraser's group buying them. The chief executive has said they're delighted to secure a long-term future for the fast fashion company. It'll be very interesting to see what happens to the company and whether they change their business model. I would assume they would have to be doing some pretty hectic restructuring to make it financially beneficial to them, which they obviously think it is. I don't see the appetite for accessibility and affordable clothes going away, no matter how unsustainable and environmentally unfriendly they are. The majority of their customers are young social media users who are watching their favourite influencers do a Sheen haul online. Like I just could never buy anything from no, Sheen. No, I've never bought anything from any of these. I think a lot of people make long-term fashion purchases when they have the disposable income, can afford it or can justify it. I know it's something I've only become more aware of and conscious of in like the last five or so years, but then a lot of people are more aware of the environment now than they have been. I'm a cynic too, but I think the answer really lies in the fact that to this day, customers are still online and misguided, buying things today, paying for overnight shipping on products that will probably never arrive. People don't realise how much it costs to make stuff that is sustainably made. And also that's a lot of privilege as well. I think there's huge uh, issues around privilege when it comes to people being like, you shouldn't be buying that, it's fast fashion. Well, it's like, well, they can't afford anything else. So I think what are they yeah. supposed to do? You know what I mean? So yeah, it's a, it's a whole deeper issue as well. That's all we've got time for. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Gloss. And Anna, we want to make sure everyone is subscribed. If they aren't already, hit subscribe on your podcast app. Hit follow on Apple and Spotify. It means that other people can find us if they're not already listening. And we're a newbie podcast in town, so we need all your help. Do it. Or else. Or else what? (laughs) You can also leave us a five-star rating. Turn it on automatic download so new episodes load as soon as they're live, your next one. And also write us a glowing review. Make sure you follow us at Gloss the Podcast on Instagram where you can watch videos of this episode. And it has a very beautiful code on today, so I want you to see that and appreciate it. Do it. Thank you so much. We'll catch you soon. Adios. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.